spiritual body can be confusing because what does that mean? Does that mean we're just floating spirits? No, it, it's a body empowered by the spirit mm-hmm. and of made spirit. capable of containing the spirit. It's, it's of the spirit. Right. So um, we, we will be raised with physical bodies and the picture in Revelation is uh, God's presence comes down to earth. Mm. There's a new heaven and a new earth and the dwelling place of God is with man. Mm. So we're going to be raised from the dead to live with God forever in the new earth. You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles, and we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello, everybody. You're listening to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Grun. I'm one of the pastors at Emmaus Road Church, and I'm joined uh, this morning again with Ryan Chase, one of our uh, other pastors at Emmaus Road Church. And we are at the end, literally, the end. The, the end, last things. The last things of our walking through the Sovereign Grace Statement of Faith. Um, man, what a rich it's been good. walkthrough mm-hmm. of the Statement of Faith. And um, again, just want to reiterate for those of you who, uh, for members of a Maestro Church or really anybody who's listening, if you're wondering what are we talking about, uh, if you go to uh, EmmausRoadSF.com and go under the Beliefs tab, you will find um, you can find a PDF of the entire statement as well as right there uh, the statement is spelled out in drop down tabs. And um, so if you're wondering what, what do these guys believe, uh, we'd point you there. This is the confessional statement for that unites us to the greater Sovereign Grace body, uh, Sovereign Grace churches, our, our denomination, our family of churches that we love so much. And it's worth reiterating that we call ourselves a family of churches because it, it's one thing to have a confessional document, which is vital and which we've been you know, praising as we've been going through. But it's another, to, and just, we, you can hold that in just an intellectual, yeah, we agree. But our aim is not just to agree, but to be in fellowship with one another and to... That's right to be a family of churches. Um, so this is this this document functions to define us, to protect us, to unify us, uh, which is all really well and good. But at the end of the day, it, it's, w- it's what makes us who we are. Mm. Uh, and this, again, this is not to replace Scripture, but rather this is governed and uh, fueled by the Scriptures. We are sola scriptura through and through. But... Again, the Bible didn't come to us in a systematic way. It comes to us in a story. And so what this confession seeks to do is to systematize what the Bible teaches into a confessional document that we can all agree to. So here at the end, though, we come to the final section, the last things. Uh, often this, in theology, the discipline of eschatology, uh, the study of the eschaton, or the Greek word for the last, the end, the, the last things. So this is primarily concerned with looking forward, looking to the end, uh, where where Jesus comes again and makes all things new. So mm-hmm. I will begin reading. And let's just take this section by section, Ryan. We'll, we'll start. Right. There are three sections, of, and I told you last time we are committed to one, one <laughs> fell swoop. One fell swoop. We're not gonna. We're going to mess around in here, okay? So let me read this first subsection, death and the intermediate state. 
Death entered God's good creation as, as a result of Adam's sin, and now all people are subject to God's curse of death. Yet, believers have no need to fear, because Christ has conquered death and delivered us from its dominion. Although our bodies return to the dust for a time, death for the Christian has become a doorway to paradise, where our souls enter immediately into God's presence to behold and enjoy our Savior and to rest from our labors. In company with all the spirits of the righteous made perfect, we will await the redemption of our bodies and our full and final salvation. The souls of the unredeemed, however, are cast immediately into Hades to experience torment as they await final judgment for their sins. Mm. So this, you know, the eschatology is not only talking about the final ending, but also Mm. just our individual endings, um, our our endings of our, our... of what we know now. Uh, mm. And this is talking about death. For, for all of us, death will come mm. and gives the definition of the origin of that death. That is not how God designed it, but yet through Adam's sin and under his sovereign watch and ordaining work, death has come. Mm-hmm. And now, however, through Christ's death and resurrection, it's no longer a something to fear for the Christian, but rather, like it says, a gateway into paradise. Paul says to, to be apart from the body is to be with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so af, if our body dies, our spirits go to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we should start there because it's important to remember, we are not just a body. Mm-hmm. We are not just a soul. We are a body and soul. We are body soul. We are. That's how God made us. Um, you, Ryan, are not just your body, and you're also not just your inner soul, but together. But yet something happens at our death where that those two things are separated mm-hmm. for a time. Mm-hmm. Not totally, but for a time. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe, Ryan, help us out, help us think through that. What, what is that all about? Yeah, I think that's one way to think about what death is, the, the separation of the soul from the body. Mm. Um, then when you have a, a corpse, a dead body, it, the the physical stuff is all still there. Mm-hmm. And yet it's clear if, if you're in the room with a person who has passed, that they are no longer present. So mm-hmm. how, how can that be that they're there, but they're not there? Right. The, the material stuff. So in a materialistic worldview, all you are is the carbon that you're made out of that, that there is nothing more to you than that. Um, but we understand God made us body and soul. He breathed life into the first man, Adam, when he formed him out of the dust of the ground. And so our bodies, as the statement says here, our bodies return to dust for a time. That was part Mm -hmm. of the curse when God said, from dust you came to dust you shall return. And so what happens to our our soul, the the inner person? Um, I think this answers the question. There are different views out there. Some people hold to the idea of like soul sleep, Mm -hmm. um, that your soul just kind of passes into this sleep state, right. unconscious, unaware of anything until the resurrection from the dead. We believe that scripture gives us grounds to to know that when at the moment of our death, we will immediately in our soul enter into the presence of God to enjoy him. Yeah. And yet the way the confession's worded here, um, that's not the ultimate end for us, which is why the subheading here is death and the intermediate state. Mm -hmm. This is a a state that is intermediate. There's something more in between coming. So in between death and the final resurrection, um, so our souls enter immediately into God's presence to behold and enjoy the Savior, to rest from our labors. Um, 
And we will, it says, we will await the redemption of our bodies and our full and final salvation. So this is answering what happens to an individual at the moment of of death. It is for us nothing to fear. It is a doorway to paradise. So Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Or you quoted Paul when he's lamenting, you know, I want to stay because that means fruitful labor, but I want to depart to be with Christ because to be away from the body is to be with Christ. Yeah. That, that's where we get the idea that this happens immediately at death. And then it just adds, what about the unrepentant, the unredeemed mm-hmm. sinners? They are cast immediately into Hades to experience torment as they wait a final judgment. There's still a final judgment yeah. coming. And so the intermediate state for unbelievers is uh, an experience of torment. Yeah. And this really is for us now, but we're about to get to Christ's return, the, the final res- resurrection, but for us now, for the Christian particularly, this should serve as a great comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, my loved one or whoever it is, if they are united to Christ, they are they are not just in a sleep state awaiting the, the, the final resurrection, but they are with Christ now. Mm-hmm. That, that should be a great comfort to us in this middle intermediate state, the one that we're all going to be a part of. Yeah. Um, but there is, there's not just comfort for the Christian and in death, there's hope for the Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe let's move on to the next section, Christ's return and the resurrection. Uh, the confession reads, at the appointed time known only to God, Jesus Christ will return to the earth in power and glory as judge and king to whom every knee will bow. Christ's personal, physical, and visible return is the blessed hope of all who trust in him. At the end of the age, the just and the unjust will be raised as their souls are reunited to their bodies. The just to a resurrection of life, the unjust a resurrection of judgment. When the dead in Christ are raised, their perishable perishable bodies will be redeemed and made like Christ's imperishable glorious, powerful, spiritual body. Those in Christ who are alive shall likewise be changed, and thus will all God's glorified people forever bear the image of their Savior. Mm. That is, as it reads, the hope of That's the Christian blessed life. hope. That is our blessed hope of... And that just... That should really help us frame the death of a loved one or the thought or the, the musings of our own death or of our family members or, or whatever that is, um, this really must operate to, to help frame it because this is the source of hope and the comfort in the midst of deep, deep grief. Yeah. Um, like putting a seed in the ground. Um, wh- why, do we, why do we put bodies in the ground? It's mm-hmm. <laughs> such a weird thing to do. But we do that because we believe it's like putting a seed in the ground. It's awaiting its that moment where Christ will come and the harvest will come, mm-hmm. the, the the newness of life will come in its fullness, full sense. Yeah. So it's a deep comfort to, to Christians. Yeah, this point is crucial to inform the fullness of our hope of salvation. Mm. Uh, I, I think that it's quite common for people to have a conception of heaven um, that's essentially what we described in the intermediate state where mm. our souls, the immaterial part of our being, exists with God. For a lot of people, um, that's kind of how they think of 
heaven forever. It's Mm. just our souls go to heaven. It's this spiritual thing. And because we are right now embodied souls, it's hard for us to imagine a disembodied existence. And so it kind of just becomes this ethereal floating in the clouds, kind of wispy, like, what are we? Uh, It's like, it's like, it's like the angels and it's a wonderful life. Just these stars floating yeah, around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, if, if that's what you think heaven's going to be like forever, you're missing out on the fullness of the hope of resurrection. And the guarantee that we have of this is the fact that the end has already started. We were just talking about this the other day. Yeah. Uh, I think unpacking Colossians 1 that Jeff preached. That's that right. Jesus is the beginning, it says that's in right. Colossians 1, the firstborn from the dead. So there is the beginning of the end has happened in the middle of history when Christ was raised from the dead. And John 11, when Jesus makes that declaration, I am the resurrection and the mm-hmm. life. He's he's saying, I am the end of the world. I am the time when those who are dead come alive. And his own resurrection from the dead, the fact that he was, he took on a body so that he could bear our sins in his body and mm-hmm. redeem us completely, body and soul, he was completely human like we are. And then he was raised from the dead three days later with a body. And that's a big point the it's Gospels make when he appears to his disciples and he says to them, go ahead and touch me. Mm-hmm. He sits down and he eats meals with them. He shows he's not a ghost. He's not a, a spirit walking among them. He is a human being raised from the dead in a glorified body. So we know what we're going to be like because we're going to be like that. Mm-hmm. The, the resurrection of the dead is real. Bodies are actually raised from the dead. And so the statement of faith here talks about um, this is the hope that we have, that our souls will be reunited with our bodies, glorified bodies that are, as it says here, the dead in Christ, when when they're raised, their perishable bodies will be redeemed and made like Christ's imperishable, glorious, powerful, spiritual body. And I think spiritual body can be confusing because what does that mean? Does that mean we're just floating spirits? No, it's a body empowered by the spirit mm-hmm. and of made spirit. capable of containing the spirit. It's, it's of the spirit. Right. So, um, we, we will be raised with physical bodies and the picture in revelation is, uh, God's presence comes down to earth. Mm. There's a new heaven and a new earth and the dwelling place of God is with man. Mm. So we're going to be raised from the dead to live with God forever in the new earth. Yeah. And in, in revelation, it talks about, and that new Heaven, it uses an analogy of a city, a great city, mm-hmm. um, that which was once the garden, this kind of undeveloped potential for God's glory to dwell. I mean, God's glory dwelt in it, but it was, it was potential to grow and to be developed. Now is a finished city that's mm-hmm. a thousand miles wide and a thousand miles tall. It's just a, th- it's a thousand mile on each side cube. Um, and not that that's necessarily what it will look like, right. but it's an analogy of like, it's a completed thing yeah. where God's presence God's dwells. And right. oftentimes when you get into the, this, this type of, it, and because all this is not speculative, we do have God's word, but there is a lot of like, what ifs, like mm-hmm. you just described, we'll be reunited to our bodies. Well, what the heck is that, that going <laughs> How's that going to work? And like, will I recognize you? And will it be the you that had hair or the you <laughs> as it? <laughs> Watch it. Okay. But, <laughs> or, you know, take people who, um, uh, those who are physically disabled now, right. what will their new bodies look like? What age will we all be? All these questions start to ask. And the, the scripture doesn't give us, we can't speak where the Bible doesn't speak. Mm. So and that's just an important rule in general. 
but we can speak where it does speak. And right. where it does speak is that we will be raised and we'll have a new body and, and we're going to be like Christ. And so, again, this is all, this is the hope of the Christian. This is what really is hope for us in the midst of our deep grief of losing a loved one or mm-hmm. losing a child or, or, or even in our own. Uh, you and I both had a student who, who walked through terminal cancer and in the midst of it, preach the gospel and the good news of the coming resurrection. Mm-hmm. It, it is in the midst of all that deep, dark suffering, there is just majestic hope. Yeah. And and the reality that in this resurrection, it is both of the just and the unjust, That's of right. the righteous and the unrighteous, and will then come a final judgment, mm-hmm. this this final great judgment where everybody's been reunited with their bodies, Everything's in, everyone's in a resurrected body, but now... This is the separation of the goats and the sheep, the, mm. the wheat and the chaff, and the, and, and, which is a sobering reality yeah. that, that is brought into this discussion as well. So now we move into this final section, and it's called judgment and consummation. Uh, so this is the last section of the statement of faith, and says this, on the last day, all people will appear before Christ, who is the judge of all. Those who suppressed God's truth in unrighteousness and did not obey the gospel of Christ will suffer the righteous wrath of God and be justly cast into the hell of fire with the devil and his angels. There they will experience eternal conscious punishment according to their sins. Those saved by Christ, whose names are written in the book of life, will be welcomed into the joy of their master and richly rewarded for every good work done in his name. God's glorified people will inherit the kingdom from which all sin, sorrow, suffering, and death will be banished. Christ is king, will set all of creation free from its bondage to corruption, making new the heavens and the earth and establishing his eternal rule on his consummated kingdom. Surrounded by unimaginable beauty, we will enjoy unhindered communion with our triune God, beholding Him, serving Him, worshiping Him, and reigning with Him forever and ever. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, <laughs> you got anything you want to add That's to that? That's where it's or? all going. <laughs> it really is it. That is where it's all going. And. I don't know about you, but one author that's been helpful to me, just like you read all that and it's devotionally wonderful, but I have a hard time conceptualizing what is happening there. One author who's really helped me in just thinking through some of that is, is C.S. Lewis, particularly in his book, The Great Divorce. Um, again, you know, we don't look to that as him as scriptural <laughs> You know, it might not look like this at all, but it just helps give category. And part of that is just whatever this new thing is will be real and mm-hmm. even more real than our current world. In that great divorce, the the people of the gray town are brought up to this heavenish thing and um, they they walk around and the blades of grass are so real. It feels like diamonds and they, their bodies are so ethereal that they... Whatever they're the ethereal spiritual ones, mm-hmm. and this world now is the new real thing, um, and that kind of is like oh, <laughs> it gives a, a newness to what what's coming. Yeah, but. I, I think that's the fight mm-hmm. uh, as we try to imagine what we have not seen and we we can't imagine. Mm-hmm. What is that going to be like? The fight is to remind ourselves 
this is going to be infinitely better than anything yeah. we've known or experienced here. Whatever and so when Lewis talks about, you know, colors that are brighter, crisper, clearer, more vivid, more colors than you've seen now, or tastes that are more you know, rich and deep and diverse than anything you've known now, that we're just trying to think in these categories of that existence is going to be so much better. And, and that idea of more real rather than I think the temptation, like we were talking about earlier to think of it as somehow less real, like wispy floating in the clouds. Different dimension. Yeah. Yeah. So to know like, no, that that's going to be more tangible, more Hmm. vivid, more enjoyable. Um, That's, that's what we have to look forward to. And and then that's where all of the wondering, well, how is that going to work? And what is that going to be like? We we can't even imagine. Um, but we can anticipate with hope and that hope gets something done in us. I, th- I think that's, that's good. one of the things that's important to know about all of this because it can feel so far off and future and unreal because it's not here yet, but this hope is supposed to function for us. So when, t- when Paul says in Titus two, um, the return of Christ, that is our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and savior, Jesus Christ. And, Paul's point there is to emphasize how we live in light of that mm-hmm. blessed hope. It's mm-hmm. because we are waiting eagerly and expectantly for his appearing that we are right now, by the grace of God, being trained to live upright and godly lives. Or Paul talks about um, in Second Corinthians, these light and momentary afflictions that are preparing for us in eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. Mm-hmm. So, so that these are not disconnected realities. What we are enduring and experiencing here is actually somehow connected to that so that our joy in God forever in the age to come is going to be intensified and deepened because of what we have experienced here and now. Mm-hmm. So this is maximizing for us our joy there. Paul talks about in Romans 8, uh, who hopes for what he already has. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Mm. And so uh, that future hope is informing how we live right now, enduring present suffering, um, persevering, continuing to grow in godliness. All of that is informed by this future hope. So that this hope should be getting stuff done in us. And that's the value of meditating on it, reflecting on it. Mm. And that that last great judgment scene should also encourage those who suffer injustice in this world, um, that all will be made right. There will be nobody who gets away with evil. Mm. There will be a final judgment where the scales are set right. And and God in his his justice, in his just wrath, will pour out on the evil that which they deserved. Mm -hmm. And and that should give hope, especially for, like I said, those who are suffering injustice in this world um, on whatever scale, that none of it will go unpunished, mm-hmm. um, that God will deal out that which is, is due. Yeah. And just the incredible, now then, the, like, I will go before God, and I will sit before the judge, and I will have nothing to say on mm-hmm. my own. Mm-hmm. If he looks at my life, he looks at my sin, he will declare guilty. And just the, that, the gospel is an event that's happened and yet will be functionally glorious. Yeah. When I stand before the, the great white throne, I look on the Ancient of Days and he looks on me and he says, not guilty. Mm. He looks on me and says, Your, yours has already been paid, paid in full. And he ushers me into 
His kingdom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then our salvation will be complete in a significant way. It, Not that anything's lacking in what is right. needed to accomplish it, but then it will be done. And then it will be, the, the word is consummated, mm-hmm. this beginning, this, it'll be finished and beginning of something new. And, and the ancient, or the, uh, the all will be all in all. Mm-hmm. Um, man, what a, what a glorious reality to ponder. Um, it is a fight of faith, as you said, like how, I have a really good life right now, right? <laughs> great wife, uh, great kids, you know, sit, yeah, there's some hard things, but man, don't, you know, there, there can be a tendency of like, well, that, especially for instance, where Paul says there won't, will not have marriage in heaven. And I just like, I have a hard time considering how can that be? <laughs> how will that be? And yet the fight of faith to say, and whatever it is, it'll be better. Yeah. It'll be joyous. It'll be, it'll be more glorious. So, uh, we say with the confession, which we also say with the, with John in revelation, come Lord Jesus. Um, and that really is our blessed hope. So Amen. man, what a, what a, what a book. What a what a word, what a gospel, what a savior, what a God we serve. And um, this has been Rich. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles or missional communities or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.